Well, good morning, Hope Church. It's been a real privilege to serve here and to be a part of the Hope Church family. Uh, I have a couple of opening remarks, and then we'll kind of move into what we're going to do this morning. But part of that is, if I could have a couple of ushers, if you did not get a little bag of a prayer card and some rocks, uh, just slip up your hand. A couple of the ushers will come by. Uh, you will need those for what we're going to do during our message time today. So we have a couple of minutes here, so just slip up your hand. Leave it up until somebody comes by uh, with those. And I want to just make a couple of acknowledgments. Uh, it's been a privilege to be on the Hope Church staff team. Uh, I'm grateful. Our custodial team, Frank, Patty, and Aaron, they were in the earlier service. I told Frank, I'm going to miss buying you all the coffee for, for the cafe. And, uh, but it's been a great team, uh, and I've loved working uh, with them. Uh, Lois and Val in our office have been phenomenal uh, these months, and they have a real heart for, they're not just doing, you know, things that need to get done. They do it in such a way with love and grace and with a real love for Jesus that uh, speaks uh, volumes uh, to us. And it's been wonderful to be on the team with them and our ministry team. Uh, Dan, uh, with youth, it's been great to work alongside of you. And Dan and I knew each other from a ways back. And uh, so it was fun for a number of months just to serve together uh, in ministry. Uh, I'll miss Lauren. She has the office. I have to walk through her office to get to my office uh, on the upper level of the staff offices. So, uh, But she's a, a phenomenal in what she does, and I'm going to miss uh, serving alongside of her. Uh, Linda, I know I got a chance to say it, but I'm glad to say it again. Uh, you run one of the uh, best outreach ministries in all the churches I've served in. I think, who's doing it? Who's out there doing it? And you're out there doing it, and you are changing lives uh, through all of your work, and it's one of the best things about Hope Church, and I love that you, have, you labor uh, in that way. And Pastor Jim... I'm going to miss you. Uh, you serve in a way with tremendous distinction, and you are a true servant to the people of Hope Church. Um, as I have watched you do what you do, um, I just love that I can respect the guy that leads here, and I have nothing but respect uh, for you and in all the things you've been thrown into to have to do. Uh, you just pick up the towel and you serve. And it's been a wonderful testimony to me and to the Hope Church family. Um, thank you for picking up so many pieces. Um, and I just pray God gives you the refreshment and encouragement you need to keep serving him uh, faithfully. So thank you for making these last months for me um, what they've been. Uh, I want to just address up front what's going on for the Dorringers and where are we headed in life and ministry. I have a part-time job with our district uh, office. That's the offices in Wadsworth, but a lot of my work will be with our local churches. So perhaps that means even here again, uh, which would be wonderful to uh, bless you all and to be blessed by you again. Uh, but my district role will be part-time. It's sort of a contract basis, so it'll run through the end of December 2020. And we're just trusting the Lord in this time, what our future uh, has and will unfold uh, from there. So it, it's a good role for me, and I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to being able to serve our district churches 
uh, in that way. Nicole will continue with her crew ministry, so we're excited about that, and she'll be, you know, plugging away uh, in her high school ministry. Uh, she just led a half a day training here yesterday, and so she's going to continue doing that. Uh, just a, a personal word, she's not sitting in here yet, she's still greeting out there, uh, but I do need to acknowledge her. Uh, she has been wonderful uh, as a ministry partner and as a wife. She has continued here every Sunday night, uh, been serving with uh, Dan and our youth. Uh, every Monday evening, she's with the Journey Group, it's a spiritual formation group uh, that we've done here the last two years. She leads one on Monday nights, and she's there doing that. She homeschools our three children, uh, three of the four uh, of our children, and she's an amazing person. And I am deeply thankful uh, to have her and to walk through a life uh, with her, and I just wanted to acknowledge uh, acknowledge her this morning. Uh, where will we be going to church? Uh, that's a good question. I don't have an answer for you just yet. I know in these early days we will we're going to go on a tour of churches. Uh, our kids have only been really able to be in Christian Missionary Alliance churches because that's where I have served. So we want to give them some broader exposure to the Christian, the larger Christian community and visit different denominations and groups. So we're going to do that for a little while. Uh, people have asked, oh, are you going to make Hope Church your home? I wish I could uh, because I know you love me and we love you and we'd love to do that. Uh, but with the way these things work, you, you see me as your pastor, <laughs> And so I think it creates just a, a good, clean break for you as a church family. You, you need to go into the future, um, and we want to be able to let you do that, and we need to do that as well as a family. So as much as that would be wonderful, um, I think for what God, just for what's happening, uh, you need to move forward, and we do as well. And so I just wanted to be up front and clear so everybody kind of knew what's going on with them, and what are the Doringers planning uh, and doing from here. Uh, and my last acknowledgement is all of you. You have given us a wonderful uh, and warm reception over these couple of years that we have been here. Uh, I love that we worship God in an expressive way here. I love that we are a praying people. Uh, your hearts are soft towards God and letting him do things in you. And those are the kind of people I like being around. So I pray uh, that God continues that in all of your hearts and as a group. Uh, thank you so much. Um, I'm really appreciative to have been a part of the Hope Church family. My title here at Hope Church has been Spiritual Formation and Discipleship. That is a glorified and fancy way of talking about what uh, it's like to be a boots-on-the-ground person who is living every day of their life trying to make sense of what happens in life, trying to find God in it, and trying to be shaped by it. So what I want to do in a boots-on-the-ground kind of way is walk you uh, through my last five months of time here and how God has spiritually, what has he been doing in my heart and what kind of things have I done to nurture uh, my own relationship with God. So that's why you have some of the things in front of you. I'm going to set this aside for now, and I am going to invite you into my office. This is my office. I have a picture of it on the screen, uh, so you can see how it was really set up. 
uh, in my office, and this is the place that I have chosen uh, as a place I deeply meet with God, and I wanted to set it up here. What you have in your hand in that little bag is a prayer card. Uh, It's called the Disciples' Prayer. The Lord gave this, and it really was scripted, Uh, this prayer the Spirit of God gave me, and it happened before the sit-down happened, and I realized I'm not going to be able to continue my ministry here at Hope Church. I've been praying this prayer for months previous to that. And when I, when, you know, when God first gives you something that you just know it's from Him, it's exciting and invigorating, and I loved praying this prayer. And then I hated praying this prayer because life started happening. And I want to read the prayer uh, to you. It's the disciples' prayer. Uh, Lord, today is another day of training, discipleship training. I'm ready. I'm open. And I had to insert the pause because life started happening. And that's the point where I got to in the prayer and I'm like, "Eh, I'm not so sure I'm open anymore. And so I put the pause in there uh, for all of us. I'm ready and I'm open to everything that happens in my day being used for my unlearning in order that I may learn and relearn what you want to teach me. Help me to be present to what is as your tool for my shaping. Amen. So that's the prayer I was praying and then things started happening, and I, I had a card like this next to my bedside, and I would pray it before my feet hit the ground in the morning. If I forgot when I was getting ready in the morning, it would, it would, I would remember I didn't pray the disciples' prayer, and then I would pray that prayer. It did get harder and harder to pray. And then the time came where I found out, okay, I'm not going to be able to continue my ministry. And then the Spirit says, do you remember what we prayed this morning? The unlearning part is very, very hard. All the knocks and difficulties in life, those are designed, at least God uses them, in a way of unlearning for us. To wipe the slate clear so that from a position of unlearning, then we can learn and relearn the things that God has for us. And so I wanted to just give this to you as one of the ways in which I've walked with God and kept my head above water uh, in, in the events you know, that have unfolded here. And so I'd love to just pray this together as a Hope Church family, that we might just pray the disciples' prayer, because I know I'm not alone in the things that happen in life. You all brought them with you this morning. And so I wonder if we might just pray together uh, this prayer. So would you join me in praying it? When we get to the pause, we'll pause for uh, five seconds and then we'll carry on with the prayer. So let's pray. Lord, today is another day of training, discipleship training. I am ready. I am open. To everything that happens in my day being used for my unlearning in order that I may learn and relearn what you want to teach me. Help me to be present to what is as your tool for my shaping. Amen. Amen.
Well, those stones are not for you to throw at me if the message gets too long or there's something I say that rubs you the wrong way. Uh, you may use them if you notice anybody dozing off today. You can just lob one, preferably at their feet, no line drives. Uh, so uh, those stones uh, that you have has been a part of my practice uh, over these past months. And I would go and sit in my office and uh, uh, sit in one of these chairs, and I would hold the stones. And at first, I would just take 10 minutes, and I would just be silent before the Lord. And you know how hard 10 minutes of silence is, right? Because everything that's on your heart, you just start processing. Um, But it was a way of me just being disciplined to just be quiet before God. And eventually, after I would do that, day after day after day, I could get to a place of quiet. And at the end of that time of quiet, I would take my, I have six stones, but life, life wasn't really, I, had, I needed six. <laughs> so if you need more, you can get some more. Um, but after that time of silence, then I would hold these in my hand, and I would then put one stone in the other hand. Lord, what's, burdening my heart today? What's weighing on me today? And I would just have that in my heart before the Lord. And as an act of letting the Lord hold those burdens, then one at a time, I would just put them on the other side of my table. That's where God sits in my time with him. And I would just move the stones from my side of the table one at a time to his side of the table. And it would be like clearing the slate so that I could be present to what is for the day and receive what God has for me in my unlearning. And I wonder, let's, let's just practice and do that together. Because you brought things here today. I know you did. And I wonder if we might just do a little reset, let the Lord hold our burdens so that we can hear what he has to say uh, through the message this morning. So if you would... Uh, pull your stones out of your bag. I know you don't have a table, so um, you'll just place your stones back in the bag as a way of just placing them into God's hands. So we'll have a, uh, a minute of silence, and then I'll, I'll let you know. All right, take one stone, put it in your hand, uh, and let surface within you something that just on your heart that you want to lay before the Lord. So if you would, just bow your head. Hold one stone in your hand now. And just let the spirit rise something that's upon your heart today. And then when you're ready, put it in the bag. And then just take the next stone. So you'll have a couple minutes for that. Lord, thank you for this tangible way that we can place the cares that are on our hearts in your hands. As you hold these things, help us to be present to the things that you want to say to us this morning. Help us to be free to hear from you. 
name we pray. Amen. And that's the way that I have been walking through in a boots-on-the-ground kind of way. Just the cares of my heart being placed in God's hands. I certainly don't want to impose my practices upon you. Um, but if the Lord, you know, if these are helpful, um, perhaps you can carry them on to, you know, pray either that disciple's prayer every day during Lent or to put those stones at your workplace uh, or uh, at your bedside before bed to just lay these things tangibly that are on our hearts uh, before him. The rest of the message that I want to share with you has uh, other boots on the ground kinds of ways in which God has been at work uh, shaping and, and moving uh, in my heart. I forgot to, to say my kids, um, Annalise and I and Alexa, we washed all these stones, by the way, and then dried them and put them in bags. And the girls spent like five or six hours doing all of that yesterday. And um, so um, they were a part of this ministry with me as well. And they're like, Dad, you forgot to tell them. So I want to make sure that I did <laughs> get to tell you. Um, so this next piece, this next part of what I want to share with you, these are the, some of the challenges, faith challenges that God has placed in front of me and how I've been walking through them. One of the challenges that is a core value to the Christian and Missionary Alliance, I know we've been in this foundation series, and this fit in perfect with the things that I wanted to share, so I'm continuing on in the series uh, of foundations. And there is uh, a core value to the CMA and a scripture that goes along with it. Uh, the core value is this, achieving God's purposes means taking faith-filled risks. Achieving God's purposes means taking faith-filled risks. This always involves change. And we know that, don't we? We know that. This core value comes out of Hebrews 11.6, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Where has God been asking me to take faith-filled risks? The first risk that he's been asking me to take is in, in relationship to how God moves towards us. How God moves towards us. I want to have us consider taking the faith-filled risk of letting ourselves be loved by God. I know a couple weeks ago, Pastor Jim uh, talked about uh, love, but it has been a part of the faith-filled risks God has been asking me to take. And I've, I've begun to see it, the importance of it. Uh, in 1 John 4.19, it speaks of uh, when uh, we love because he first loved us. We have the capacity to love because he first loved us. Things like love your neighbor as yourself. And I've began to see that verse, love your neighbor as you have been loved. And it's been a challenge because I'm realizing the extent to which we are able to love others comes from the extent to which we surrender to experiencing God's love ourselves. 
Love was key to Paul. In Ephesians, if you remember, he prayed for the Ephesian church that they would be rooted and established in love, that they would have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that love that surpasses knowledge. He wanted it rooted in them in a way that surpassed them just knowing about it. The depth of our lived experience of God's love is the basis for which we can love. If we are not very good at loving, I can assure you it's because our lived experience of God's love is lacking. And some of the meanest people you have encountered, it's because there's a tremendous lack of love that they've experienced. A friend of mine recently texted me, it was just this week, and he was having a time with a couple of his buddies, and he, pulled, he came away with it and texted the spiritual nugget that came out of that time. And this is what he texted uh, to me. He said, you can't climb the ladder to heaven with your hands full of your pet sins. And the statement struck me, and what I texted back to him was this. You can't find divine love unless you can find it with your hands full of all of your pet sins. Remember the scripture in Romans? But God demonstrates his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And there's a place at which we need to have a very deep lived experience that in the midst of these things, our pet sins, and we experience the depth of God's love. We desperately need to have the lived experience of looking at God, looking at us, and seeing the most broken places, and to know that the look on his face is not disgust or horror or any such look other than love and compassion. And that's a profound experience we need to have. A.W. Tozer notes that of those people who call themselves Christians, they do so, he says, on the basis of belief, oftentimes more than experience. He says, we have substituted theological ideas for an arresting encounter. We are full of religious notions, but our great weakness is that for our hearts, there is no one there. We need to have a deep lived experience of taking the faith-filled risk of letting ourselves be loved. In a course that I was taking last semester, the professor was very annoying to me because she only allowed us to communicate in certain ways and it was not with words. We had to find ways to communicate in one portion of the course without words. And so we had to post pictures or videos or things like that uh, as a part of it. And in this area of God asking me to take the faith-filled risk to let myself be loved, I found this picture. I want to share it with you. 
That picture is the picture of the father and the son from Luke 15, 11 through 32. It's off the cover of a book. Um, and that was the image that I found to express where my heart was at. I want you to take a look at it. Look at the father's look. And the son or daughter. That's the kind of experience we need. That's the kind of deep lived experience we need in our life. As much as we, I think, in our hearts long for that, what I found in my own heart is that I often resist it. I often find that I resist it. Pure love is penetrating and revealing. There's never any, any hiding. So the closer we move to God, the closer we move to love itself, and the more we are presented with the incongruencies of our existence. True love is penetrating. And it cuts right through everything. Janet Ruffing, uh, in her book, uh, said this when it comes to the idea of resisting. Most of us are engaged in endlessly inventive evasion. Endlessly inventive evasion, not only of the implications of spiritual experience, but often and more confusingly of the experience of God we claim to desire. And while I say I want God near, I also find that it is one of these. And I, ha I come upon resistance in my own heart because it's unnerving. These chairs here, uh, on one of my times where I was doing this exercise, um, I was sitting in the chair and I just, I had this profound sense in my spirit that the Lord took the other chair and sat in it. And he just sat there. He didn't even really look. He just sat there. And I was a little like, why aren't you cl moving closer? Or, you know, like that was, that came up in my, in my spirit. And I'm like, and he just said, this is as close as you can handle me. So I'm just going to sit here when you sit here. And then you're going to get used to me being this close. And when you're ready, then we'll go closer. And I realized I, I have a lot of resistance in my heart to experiencing that picture, to letting myself very tangibly and personally be loved by God. To let ourselves be loved as an adult is a sizable act of faith, and it takes tremendous courage. Lutheran uh, theologian and philosopher Paul Tillich said this, may we have the courage to accept our acceptance. May we have the courage to accept our acceptance. Your lived experience with God, your impact on others in this world, it hinges on taking the faith-filled risk of letting yourself experience the love of God.
And so as a good spiritual formation and discipleship pastor, I want to give you another exercise. So close your eyes for a minute. Imagine you and God even maybe just sitting in these green chairs. Imagine God is looking at you. And he's thinking about you. What do you imagine he is thinking and feeling towards you? It's a very revealing exercise, isn't it? If you couldn't go anywhere with it, it lets us know a little bit, depending on where you went. I wish I could sit down, actually, with each of you in my office (laughs) and hear what was your experience in that. Because that has a profound impact on your spiritual your spiritual life. I know my lived experience, like the Lord just, I'll just sit over here until we can move forward in a, in a closer way. I hope maybe you'll use that little exercise from time to time to just sit and imagine God thinking of you. What is he thinking about? What is he feeling? It moves us out of our left brain computer side of the idea of knowing God loves you because we need to have the profound experience that he is actually loving me. And that happens on your right side of your brain. So these kinds of things just transition us to what we know to be true theologically and, and experiencing it personally. And that's the risk. God has been asking me to take. Jeff, would you let me love you? Another one of those risks he's been asking me to take is in uh, your relationship towards God or our relationship towards God. And this one takes the shape of taking the faith-filled risk to trust God. Taking the faith-filled risk to trust God. Uh, a, A verse probably... Many of you are familiar with trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Take the faith-filled risk to trust God. So I carry around with me three pictures. One you already saw. It's the picture of the father and the son. Uh, The other one uh, is this. I shared a little of this story uh, one other time, but I wasn't ready to show you the picture yet. That was for me and the Lord uh, during that season, this season of time, and, um, but I wanted to share it with you today. Uh, about 18 months ago, I was spending some time with the Lord, and I just had this sense in my spirit that the Lord was there, standing there before me, and his arm was outstretched to me, and he was holding a piece of cloth and with this cloth held out to me, and I just, I didn't know, I didn't understand what it was. And so in my spirit, I said, Lord, what is that? What is it? What's the cloth? And he said, that's a blindfold. That's a blindfold, and I want you to put it on. Because that's how I want you to walk through 
this journey with me. With that on. And he affirmed me and he said, look, I'm, I, like, you've done well. You, you, you followed me. He said, but a part of that, I've also let you see some of the stepping stones. You could see a little bit of how this thing made sense. But from where we're going now, and 18 months ago where we were as a church, things were kind of falling apart a little bit. And there were a bunch of things going on. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know how to place all of this. And he just, he said, you're not going to be able to put the pieces together. And in fact, if you could see, it's actually going to get in the way. And so I want you to put this on. And walk with me like this. And while I put on a blindfold and couldn't see, I was being led by someone who can. Nicole asked me a couple of weeks ago, and she said, Jeff, what do you, I mean, we're in this space that we're in right now. What do you dream about? And I, I was taken aback by, a little bit by the question, and I didn't know what to say, and I'm, I realized I don't, I don't have any dreams anymore. And, you know, at one point I was, you know, when, when our dreams are broken, it's, you can get to the place where you're like, forget it, this is not worth it, right? Because how many of our dreams pan out the way we thought they were going to pan out? You know what I mean? There's a lot of broken dreams represented here, I think, in this room. And I'm like, you know, so in a resignation way, we can kind of throw in the towel, uh, if you will. But when I answered that to Nicole, I don't, I don't really have any dreams anymore. And I realized that my dream really uh, was to not have any dreams and to receive life as life comes and to see how God will bring things together and what he'll do through it. And uh, I, in this place for the last 18 months of wearing this blindfold, it has been very difficult but I can, st- I can see that I am finding a kind of freedom that I hadn't known before. The freedom not to dream anymore. Because when I start dreaming, then I've got things in my hands and I want to make them happen and all of that. And when I say, God, I just want your dreams. My dream is to, is to receive your dreams. I didn't really know and realize how important broken dreams actually are. Broken dreams are important to our walk with God because we keep moving to a place where it's okay to have broken dreams and we just let him dream dreams for us and we receive them. So I want to give you another trust ex- a trust exercise. So close your eyes for a moment. Imagine a situation which you currently are unable to understand or that's hard for you. Perhaps just one of your stones. And just have that in your mind. Imagine Jesus then coming up to you And he has a piece of cloth. 
that he's holding out to you. He's offering it to you to put it on. What do you do? What's your response? Friends, as you encounter things, take moments like this to be with God with that thing that's hard and see him handing out a piece of cloth to you. Will you trust me? And the good thing about these kind of way of visualizing it or trying to experience is you know what your heart's response is. I know if I asked you intellectually, you would have taken the blindfold immediately. But we find out where our heart is in that process. The third risk uh, is your relationship towards the world of taking the faith-filled risk to enter people's lives. These three risks that the Lord has been asking me to take, they're intertwined. They are not separate. They are not ordered. I mean, I had to go through them in some order, but they are really intertwined. And they shed light on each other, and they, they commingle with each other, like a cord of three strands in many ways. We can't love people from a distance. Involvement, that boots-on-the-ground kind of involvement with people, that's what speaks love. And serving others is our way of being able to enter people's lives. And with a blindfold on, you can even serve people that have hurt you. And all kinds of things can happen. But the faith-filled risk God has asked me to continue to make is to enter people's lives. I think that's what he would call all of us, to take the faith-filled risk to enter people's lives. In the journey group, uh, it's the year-long spiritual formation course we've done the last couple of years. This is right at the place in that, in that journey. We're towards the end, and this is what we're considering. What does it look like? What's your unique way of entering people's lives and walking alongside of them? Well, I want to close with this. We're not the only ones who have to take risks. I, and as I've been journeying with God and, and I see these risks he's asking us to take, he, he's like, there's risks I take. There's risks that I take. And these are the things that God's revealed to me and the risks that he takes. Uh, this first one. You can flip. Uh, God risks you never choosing him to give you freedom to choose him. He's made each and every person. And he risks us not choosing him in order to give us the real freedom to choose him. If you've ever made something and then, you know, it got stolen or taken away or you've never had a chance to use it, that's the risk God takes when each one of us is born. Another risk that he takes is that God loves you so much, 
He risks losing you to mature you. Once you're walking with God, things come up in life that you have a perception of how God would act and work and be, and then that gets disrupted. And he risks losing you at that point to love you so that you can and mature you in your relationship with him. And that is difficult. That is difficult. But that's how much he loves us. This third risk kind of fits into that, that uh, previous one. But God risks us thinking he is not there, is uninvolved or doesn't care when he doesn't directly intervene. Right? I mean, how many things were the, is there direct intervention on? Miracles are a way in which God interacts in this world. He divinely, supernaturally invades a particular moment in time with his supernatural power and does something. I believe in miracles. He does them. Right? He doesn't always do them, though. And in fact, I think it's fair to say that the normal course of God's work is not on the miracle side, though he does do them. And I think we can expect them and we can pray into how God might specifically intervene. But God risks us thinking that he's not there, he's uninvolved, or he doesn't care when he doesn't directly intervene. And that is a huge risk. And it is part of him maturing us. God so often lets things play out. And as he lets them play out, it gives us a chance to mature and grow. If you've ever had a boss who's always involved in your stuff, like he's almost doing your job for you, what do we call that kind of person? There we go. Everyone can say it in unison. Micromanager, right? God's not a micromanager. What if he always stepped in, oh, you're going to scrape your knee. Let me live my life. He lets us live our lives. And he wants us to find him both in the miraculous and powerful and also in the way of him working through whatever is and shaping within us. And he risks it all to mature us and deepen us. Spiritual formation, the boots on the ground kind of learning. It's all about taking faith-filled risks. And it does involve change. I'd like to close with a closing benediction. It's not the end of the service yet, um, but it's my last moment. And so I want to give you a closing benediction. Um, I love just pronouncing the blessing of God over the people of God and bringing his presence into this place in a kind of tangible way. So would you stand to receive the closing benediction? Hope Church, when you find that your heart is soft, may you take the faith-filled risk to open your heart and to receive love itself. Hope Church, when the everyday stuff of life happens to you, may you take the faith-filled risk to let trust be the eyes you use to see your way forward.
and Hope Church, when you see a hurting person, may you take the faith-filled risk to enter their lives. And now may God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you and keep you as you make faith-filled risks a part of your everyday discipleship with God. Amen, and God bless you. It has been a wonderful privilege to serve as one of your pastors. All my love to you. Amen. Please be seated for a few moments here. We are just going to take a moment. Uh, many of you are going to have an opportunity to express your love and appreciation to Pastor Jeff and Nicole in the cafe. But just before we are dismissed, uh, I've invited uh, one who we could have asked many, but we, had, we invited one who is um, going to just share uh, a tribute and a words of appreciation to Pastor Jeff and Nicole. And I'm going to invite Marie Procia to come. If I could have that stand back, that music stand. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is Marie Procia, and uh, she just wants to be able to share on behalf of many of you, I believe, could express many sentiments, which you will out there, but we've invited Marie to share just to close our time. I hope I can hold it together this time. <laughs> Didn't happen this morning. It's my pleasure to stand up here and express my deep appreciation for Pastor Jeff a loving, compassionate, caring, prayerful leader and pastor, and my brother in Christ. Jeff came to church, Hope Church, two years ago, and he took over Ray of Hope, the senior ministry here. What a tackle, because we can be a little crazy. Um, he offered us so much love and compassion, and he just spread that around to all of us. He let us all know that he cared about us. Seniors can get lost amongst the young, but Jeff made sure that we stayed out on top. He made sure whatever theme we chose to do for the month that it was the best it could be. One month recently, he chose to do a game, and it was a fun game, and he got right in that game with us. He was so excited and even bought prizes for us. It was just a great, great day, and we had to remind ourselves that Jeff was not a senior because <laughs> he was just, or should I say maybe that we weren't as young as him. <laughs> um, his enthusiasm, his leadership, his love, his prayers were very much appreciated. He took Ray of Hope in a new direction and he gave seniors meaning and purpose. And Jeff, on behalf of Ray of Hope, we thank you for all that you did for us and for the blessings of your leadership. On a personal level, it was through Ray of Hope and the senior retreat that I got to sit and talk with Jeff deeply. It was at this time that I was able to share with him my background of inner healing prayer slash formational prayer. And I told him of my deep desire to ignite that passion again. The passion that I once had to pray with people, for people, one-on-one -on -one in a deeper way. 
And I learned something that day, that Jeff had the same passion. So I left there with so much excitement and joy because I felt a connection. Jeff and I did make a connection, a connection in the power of prayer. He always made time to talk with me, pray with me, and listen to me. He also gave me the privilege to pray for him and his family. And through that privilege, I could feel my prayer life becoming stronger. I always received a lot of encouragement from you, Jeff. Jeff's formed a small prayer class recently in the fall, past fall, and the focus was on quieting ourselves down and, and listening to what God had to say to our hearts. And it was through that class that I really felt God strongly telling me, your passion is returning. And that just filled me with so much excitement. I received so much from that. And I know that it was Jeff that brought it all out. The fire is lit in me again, and I'm so grateful because that's because of Jeff. <sighs> Jeff, you gave me something I will always treasure yourself. I'm not going to get through this this part. You gave me the privilege to walk alongside you. You invested in my abilities to pray in deeper ways. I'm so grateful that the passion has returned to me and that it's because of you. I'm not sure where God's going to lead me with prayer or where he's going to take you. But I do know if we keep praying, he leads all his children where they belong, where he wants them to be. So I'm always going to continue to pray for you and your family. And I love you guys so much. You have no idea. Thank you so much. Amen. We're going to have Marie pray for uh, the Dorringer family, so I'm going to invite them all to come back up, and uh, Jeff and Nicole, Brandon, Annalise, and Colin are here, so we want to pray for all of you. We were sharing a little bit as, as a staff uh, this past Tuesday, and uh, we were all just sharing different, uh, briefly, some things that we appreciate about Jeff and Nicole. And uh, I just want to tell you, it was a wonderful time that we were able to just share blessings together of what we've meant, what they have meant to us in so many ways. And they have labored uh, with uh, such heart and passion. They want nothing more than to see us walk closely with Christ, and they ministered that way, both of them, Jeff and Nicole, in so many ways. So we, we sincerely say thank you. Thank you for your ministry among us. It's, and uh, that fruit will remain, and uh, we're very thankful for it. So why don't we stand together, and uh, I'm going to have Marie pray for Jeff and Nicole and their family. Father, I come before you with so much thanksgiving in my heart. And I lift Jeff and Nicole and the entire Doringer family up to you, Lord. What a blessing to be able to walk alongside these beautiful people. You brought them into our lives two years ago and richly, richly blessed us through their ministries, through their love, their compassion, their kindness. We will never forget that. 
And as much as we are all hurting today that this is their last day here, they will forever be in our hearts and prayers. Father, we know you have your arms around them. We know that you're walking the path with them. And we know that you're going to lead them where they belong. And we put so much into that, knowing that you are with them all the time. Let them feel your loving arms around them. Let them feel your presence. Just give them the courage, the guidance, the strength. And just let them feel your arms around them, Lord. The peace that you can give, let them feel it. Just continue to walk with them. And we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we had to get to know them, to give our love back to them, and to do life with them. We thank you, Father, in your most holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. We're going to go ahead and give Jeff and Nicole and their family a chance to, to get out and uh, be out in the cafe as they're leaving. Why don't we sing a song of God's faithfulness? He's been faithful to us at all times, and uh, we'll remember that. Let's sing this together, and then we can be dismissed, and we'll invite you to be able to go out and greet uh, the Doringer family. Thank you so much for coming.